It's good to see each and every one of you today, and I trust the Lord will bless you. Amen. Um, I'm just going to continue with Nehemiah, uh, the series that we are doing as the body of Christ. Uh, So we started with Nehemiah chapter 1, where when the news came to Nehemiah that the wall was broken and that... um, it, it sends Nehemiah into prayer and fasting and acknowledging that um, they had sinned before God and that they needed his forgiveness. And it, it laid heavily on Nehemiah's heart to rebuild Jerusalem and its walls and its gates. And then in chapter 2, we see Nehemiah was asking God for permission to go and rebuild the walls. Amen. Soon after his prayer. And then in chapter 3, the people that were helping Nehemiah rebuild the walls are named individually in their families. Um, Nehemiah uh, gives us a list of the people, each and every one, what they contributed to the building of the wall. So today we are looking at Nehemiah chapter 4. I don't know if there's anyone who wants to read it for us. Um, Well... Happy to read it from here, too. All right, can I read it from here? Nehemiah chapter 4, from first verse. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers, and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and bend ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, what they are building what they are building, if a fox goes up, it will not break down their, it will break down their stone. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their town on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captive. Do not cover their guilt, and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arab and the Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the wall of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were, being, were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is falling. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. And at that time, the Jews who lived near, near them from, came from all directions and said to, to us ten times, you must return to us. 
So in the lowest parts of space behind the wall, in open spaces, I stationed the people by their clans, with their swords, their spears, and their bows. I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, the shoes, the bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried the burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his, his sword strapped around his side whilst he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, The work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass, pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be guard for us by night, by night and may labor by day. So neither I, nor my brothers, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon on his right hand. Amen. We thank the Lord for his word. Amen. So, I want to read again Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. I'll read quite a few scriptures. I know time is an enemy as well. It says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So, I want to talk about the rebuilding, restoration in the Bible. When Nehemiah heard that the wall was broken, it laid heavily on his heart. That he was said that even the king, when he was serving wine to the king, he could see that his countenance was not the same. This is the, not the Nehemiah that I'm used to. So that the king had to even ask him, is there anything that is bothering you? So I went into my dictionary and I looked for the word rebuild. It also means to reconstruct, to renovate. It means to restore. It means to refashion. It means to remodel something. It means to revamp something. It means to remake something, to reassemble to recondition, to rehab, and so on, and so on, and so on. So when you are 
rebuilding something, when you are reconstructing something, when you are restoring something, it means that something has happened that has moved it from its original condition. It means that it's either you're not so happy with the way it looks, so you want to improve it, so you are restoring it, you are rebuilding it again, or it's been broken down, like the situation where Nehemiah finds himself, the walls of Jerusalem is broken down, and they have to physically rebuild the walls. So, I, re- I want us to start from Genesis, the beginning, then we'll go into Nehemiah, then we'll go wherever the Lord takes us this morning. So we find there in the beginning, God saying, let us make man in our own image. And after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Amen. So God, when he created us in the beginning, in Genesis, before sin ever was on earth, we, we were made in the likeness of God. Amen. So when we were made in the likeness of God, God said, have dominion. He gave us authority to have dominion on whatever was on earth at that time. Is that right? So, at that point, there was no sickness, there was no worry, there was no heartaches, there was no thinking about tomorrow, because we were in the likeness of God, and we were depending on God on whatsoever, everything that we had need of. So, when we were created in the beginning, in Genesis, before the fall, before sin came in, God gave us complete Domination over earth. So that's why you find Adam naming the animals. And God was happy with whatever name he allocated to anything. Why? Because Adam was a part of God. God, Adam was made in the likeness of God. So whatever Adam says or does, it was as good as God has done it himself. It was as good as God has done it himself. Because he was made in the likeness of God. The whole makeup of Adam was God himself. That's why God gave him, gave him complete control of everything. So we find again that when you come to the New Testament, when Jesus came to restore all things and gave us the Holy Spirit, he said to us, whatever you bind on earth is bind in heaven. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Spirit of God now dwells in the believer. It dwells in the Christian. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, God lives in you. So when you bind something here as a church, if we agree to something together as a church of God, also in the heavens they agree. Because it's one and the same thing. Are we together? So when sin came in, we lost fellowship with God. We begin to hide from God. We started to run away from God because we had disturbed our, it disturbed our relationship with God. So, if you find, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you will find God comes as usual looking for Adam and Eve. But at that point when they had sinned, they were already hiding. They were already having these fig leaves around them. They had already realized they were naked. No one had ever told them they were naked. But when they they fell 
from the commandments of God. They started to do things according to their own thinking. They started to do things according to their own ideas of how things should be done. Then they, then they left the commandments of God. That's when we began to get sick because sin came in. We began to fight with one another because sin came in. When sin came in, there was chaos on earth. Amen? I'm trying to lay a foundation of where God is taking us. Amen? So, when sin sets in, we find the whole human race, the whole human race was lost. They lost fellowship with God. The wars started. Everything, all the chaos started because of sin. So, we find that Adam had fallen from what God had given him or promised him that he should stick to his word. So, in life, if you go to a certain place, you are under certain expectations of certain standards to find in that place. Like if you, ca- if you came here, this is a church, you had your expectations of the things that you want to see in place. You've got expectations of what you, you want to see being done. And if you come here, and maybe you're looking to see what you can criticize on, there's hundreds of things you'll find that you can criticize on. But if you come here wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you shall surely be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you come here expecting to be healed by God, you shall be healed. So, when you come to church, come with expectation to hear from God. Not to hear from me standing here, but come with expectation to see what God is in store for us. Because if you come and you look at me, I've got many faults. Amen. I'm, I'm not so good. But if you come and you look up to him to say, God, today I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will do it for you. So now, let's go back to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, when he, when, when he went back to Jerusalem to build, he was expecting God to show up. He prayed in chapter 1 and acknowledged their sin. So, when he went back to Jerusalem, he knew God was with him. And he, he chose men that was going to help him with the work that God chose him to do. And then we find that there was Sanballat and Tobiah also against the building of the walls. So whenever something good is about to happen, there is always criticism. There is always the negative on the side. But you see, that didn't stop Nehemiah to go with the plan of God. He knew what God had planned for them. He knew God was with them. Irregardless of what, what uh, Sanballat and Tobiah might say, might do, might conspire, it was not going to stop the work of the Lord. So they planned and planned and they stayed with the will of God. Amen. So Nehemiah was not going to back down on what God had, had laid on his heart. He was going to trust God for the building of the wall. He had faith in God. He knew that if God brought us from Egypt, if God opened the Red Sea for us, if God provided us food in the wilderness, 
that very same God will be with me when I'm building the walls of Jerusalem. He had faith in God. Amen. He had no doubt in himself. He knew that God was going to help him with the rebuilding. So also, Nehemiah understood the foundation of his work. So if we find when the news came to Nehemiah, he, straight away he was said, but he also he went into prayer and fasting. So he laid a foundation on what he wanted to do. And when you're building, when you're building a house, the foundation of that place will determine how strong that place is going to be. Amen. If you use the right materials and the right kind of stuff, the, the winds, the elements and stuff will not destroy your building. But if you go and just do whatever you want and you don't lay a proper foundation to whatever you want to do, that thing will not last forever. It will fail. It will not go anywhere. So Nehemiah realized that I've been working in the king's court. I've, I've been the cupbearer for the king. But me being a cupbearer of the king does not qualify me to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It needed God. That's why we see him now going into prayer. Because he knew that only God will give me strength to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah being in the palace of the king with his knowledge and ability was not ever going to be able to rebuild the wall. All the knowledge that he had gained in the palace was not enough to build the wall. He needed God to come to the scene and inspire him and to trust God that the rebuilding, it was going to take God, not the king's ability, not his relationship with the king, but it was going to take his faith in God to rebuild the wall. So he trusted God with the rebuilding of the wall. So here what I'm trying to say is our walk with Christ, we need to trust God. Whatever plans we have, let's have faith in God. Let's lay them before God. God knows our needs before we even ask him. The Bible says so. So let's give it to him. He knows our needs. He knows everything that we have ever have need of before he even asks for it. So if we, if we give it to him, he will make sure that it, be, it, become, it materializes in our lives. Let's trust God with whatever we need to do. Let's trust God with our plans. Let's trust God with our families. Let's trust God with whatever that we want to do. Let's put God first and we will see that God will show up and a miracle will happen in our lives. Amen. It is going to take us fully as a church together to stand and pray together to be, to be, to be able to get to where we want to be. Amen. Nehemiah, from verse 16, it says here, I want to read from verse 16, from that day on, half of my helpers engaged in the work, while other half kept spears, shields, bows, and armor ready. The senior officials begged all, begged all of the Judeans who worked on the wall. Those who carried building materials worked one hand and carrying a spear on the other. Each, work, each builder worked with a sword to his side, whilst a trumpeter remained beside me to sound the alarm. On verse 23, at the end of it, it says, Everyone carried a weapon while we were going for water. 
This is what I want you to see. These guys, when they were building, they were building on one side. On the other side, they were holding the spear. What does the word of God tell us about the sword or the spear? The spear represents the word of God. So these guys, when they were building, they were holding on to the word of God. Whatever they were doing, they were holding on to the word of God. So in whatever you do, hold on to the word of God. When you go shopping, go with him. When you go to see the sick or to, uh, to pray for whoever you want to go, go with him. God wants to go with us wherever we go. God wants to be with us in, in each and every of our situations. So let's walk with God. You see this here, while they were building, they're building on one hand, they're holding the sword on the other hand. That's what God wants from us. Let's not leave him in all your plans. No matter how little they might seem to be, involve him. He cares for you. He wants to be a part of you. He cares for you so much that he had to come and die for us. That's why I'm saying every little thing you plan for, involve him. Amen. So we find out in Genesis, where we read in Genesis, before the fall, everything was perfect. Adam was naming the animals. There was no sickness. There was, everything was in, in perfect harmony. Amen. So God had to make a way for us to, after the fall to bring us back to himself. Is that right? He had to make a way for us. Because if you see, he sent prophets from, he sent prophets from Exodus up to Malachi. They were prophets. Then in the New Testament, Jesus came. Why did he come himself? Why didn't he send a prophet to come and save us? So we find that God, maybe they had a conversation in heaven. Who's going to go and redeem the world? And we find, we find that Angel Gabriel said, I can go and do it. You have sent me all the time. And Michael also said, but you also sent me to Daniel. I can do it. But God said, God, and then God said, this is not going to take the work of an angel. This is going to take me to redeem my people. To bring them back to me is not going to take me sending some angels. It's not going to take the priests and the Sadducees that were there at that time. But Jesus said it was only him who was found worthy to come and redeem us. Amen. It took God himself to come and redeem a lost world. Amen. It was God. Jesus was God. Uh, if you go in John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. In verse 14, the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. So God himself, he came and he redeemed us back to himself. Amen. That's why he sent Jesus to redeem us back to God. Back to the beginning where Adam could name the animals. So, and he left us with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in us, enabling us as Christians to live daily for him. Amen. So I was... I went to my Facebook this morning, and this is something I posted. Uh, 2010, same day today, same time. I, played, I posted the word redemption means to buy back something that was lost, to restore a thing that was perverted back to its original condition, to claim back a thing that once belonged to, the or, to an original owner. Redemption of man only came through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if we read in Matthew chapter 18 verse 11, it says, For the Son of Man 
came to save that which was lost. When was it lost? In the beginning, when sin came in. So now the Son of Man came, he's trying to restore all things to Christ. He's restoring a broken world. He's restoring our broken relationships. He's restoring all the broken things that we have in our lives, all our sorrows, all our heartaches. Jesus came to restore those things. Is that right, church? And then in, in John 10, verse 9 to 14, he says, I am the door. But for by me, if any man, for by, for by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go out and find pasture. Jesus Christ says, I am the door. Jesus Christ is the beginning. Jesus Christ is the foundation. That's why Nehemiah had to find God first in whatever they were planning to do. So in whatever plans we have, whatever places we see ourselves, we need to put God first. We need to put God first. Amen. And you also said on verse 11, the thief comes to steal, comes to steal and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. Verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. For we were all like sheep that had gone astray without a, without a shepherd. But Jesus came and has brought us back together again. So through Jesus Christ, our faith in God has been restored. Amen. Healing has been given to us. All the sick can now be healed because Jesus broke the barrier. He gave it back to us through the Holy Spirit. The blind can now see. The gifts were brought back into the church. They are now operating again. Why? Because Jesus died for us and he sent his spirit for us. Amen. So now we are back again to Genesis before the fall. Do you believe that? We are back again to Genesis before the fall because Christ came to restore all things. When he restored all things, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And if you've got the Holy Spirit... You've got Christ living in you. Amen. The hope of glory. Christ living in us. The hope of glory. So now we are back to the faith of our forefathers. To the faith of Abraham that believes God irregardless of circumstances. When, Ad, when Abraham was given the promise, he shall be a father to many nations. He got to a point where he got so old. That other people were even saying, hey, this guy is still holding on to the promise of God. But if you read the Bible in Hebrews, it tells you, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. When God had made a promise, he will make sure that promise is fulfilled. All we have to do is to stand upon his word. God will fulfill his promise. It doesn't matter the circumstances are not looking right. It doesn't matter there is no sign of hope. But when we call Jesus to our circumstances, God will make a way. God's word will never fail. He said, let every man's word be a lie and let mine be the truth. What does that mean? It means his word will never fail. Everything else is going to fall, but the word of God shall stand forever. My ideas are going to fall. Our opinions of things are going to fall. But let's stand on the unchanging hand of God. The word of God will never change. And the word of God will conquer Satan under any circumstances. It will make a way for you. Hallelujah. Do you believe it, church? The word of God, the word of God is what we have today. The word of God is foundation. The word of God is our weapon today. When we have God, we have everything. 
When we don't have God, then we are lost. But when we have God on our side, there can be 10,000 men on this side. We are in majority because we have God. Amen. Let's trust God. Amen. Let's trust God. Let's trust his word. His word will never fail. Amen. When they were, when they were, when they were leaving Egypt, Moses trusted God. And through the water, a way was made. It was impossible. Amen. In the fairy furnace, he made a way for Daniel and them. Hallelujah. So God is a way maker. He's got a way of doing things. Let's trust him. Let's hang on to his unchangeable hand. God can do anything for you. God can do anything for you. Don't limit what God can do for you. Say, for all things are possible, the Bible says. And the Hebrews chapter 1, or Hebrews 11, 1, says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Hallelujah. Faith will do anything for you. Faith who conquer mountains. He said, if you've got faith in me, you can say to this mountain, be moved from here and you can go over there. That very same faith, we've got it, friends. We've got it. It's in us because we've got the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? You've got to believe him because he can do it for you. Amen. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatsoever you want. I will do it for you. If my word abide in you and you abide in me, ask whatsoever you want. There is no limitation to what you can ask. There is no limitation to what God can do. God can do anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful this morning? God is good all the time. Hallelujah. I believe him. Hallelujah. So if we read John 17 verse 7, you have not chosen me, Jesus speaking, but I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that so whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll give it to you. Hallelujah. He chose us. Amen. He chose us. He saw us worthy. So let's believe him. We need to believe him. Because he chose us. He saw that you are capable. Amen. He didn't come here on your own will. God took you here. Amen. You believe that? God wanted you to hear his word today. Why did you come here? You are a part of God. You want to feed your soul with the word of God. Is that right? That's why you are here. Because you want God. Let's have God working in us. Amen. I want to conclude. Time is an enemy. Hallelujah. I want to conclude by saying this. When they were rebuilding the walls, the bricks were coming together. Do you believe this? The bricks were coming together. The cement was coming together. There, is, there was no separation. Everything was coming together. The bricks whether they were red, they were black, they were white, they were Indian, they were Asian, it doesn't matter. They were all coming together. And the Holy Spirit was cementing everything. The Holy Spirit was cementing everything. 
the wheelbarrow had to do its work. The shovel had to do its work. The spirit level had to do its work. That's why we are here, friends. You've got your part to play in this. Each and every one of you, you've got something to do. Amen. Let's come together as God's children. God, each and every one of you, you've got a gift that God has installed upon you. And when you come to church, all our gifts, they come together. And we are blessed. And we start a fire for God. And our hearts just get revived. Why? Because God loves each and every one of you. And each and every one of you has got a part to play. Each and every one of you. Whatever it is, whether we are building, rebuilding your, your own spiritual life, your own journey with Christ, whatever we want to go, each and every one of us, we've got a part to play. It's going to take us as a whole, as a community, as a church, to, to go to the direction that we want God to take us to. Let's trust him. That's the most important thing. Let's trust him. Let's have faith in him. Let's have same intentions. Let's have same expectations. Let's have love for one another. He said, by this we all may know that you are my disciples when you have love for one another. And love is patient with each other. Love is kind with each other. Love is long-suffering with each other. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's love. That's what we should do. That's who we are. We are his children. God is love. So are his children. Let us love one another. Let us look after one another. That's what God it is. Let's commit everything to him. Do you believe that? Paul said, I die every day. He said, I die every day. He dies to, his, to my own selfish motives. Lord, help me. Let me die to my own ideas. Let me die, God, to the things that are of this flesh. Let me allow you to flow through me, Lord God. Let it be our prayer this morning. Let's die to our own selfish ambition. Let's die to our own ideas of things. But let's bring God. Let's bring his word. His word can do anything for us. The word of God can defeat Satan at any time, at any moment, at any given moment, under any circumstances. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says so. Let us have faith in him. Nehemiah trusted God with the plan of rebuilding. This is what Sarepta needs. The rebuilding, the restoration, the love, the healing is going to come from Jesus. It is going to come from hearts that are flowing with love. Hallelujah. With one purpose. With same intentions. God is going to take us. Let us trust him. He has led so many people before us. And he will do it again. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Amen.